Welcome to the Catholic Brides Podcast. My name is Anne, and I would like to welcome you to my show. On this podcast, we will be talking about what it means to be a Catholic bride, how to prepare for marriage, and how to walk with your spouse towards heaven. I'm excited that you're here, and I invite you to grab your favorite drink, settle in, and let's have a heart-to-heart about what it means to be a Catholic bride in today's world. everybody and welcome back to the Catholic Brides podcast. Today I am joined by Maisie Hudson. She is a 28-year-old marketing and social media professional turned homestead stay-at-home mom. After graduating with a mass communications degree in 2014, she was in the corporate and professional field working every aspect of marketing departments for eight years. After being let go due to COVID, one week before her due date, her husband and her prayed and decided that staying home and raising their daughter would be their next great adventure. While rocking her daughter to sleep at 3 a.m., she discovered the letterpress machine and has decided that she had to keep her graphic design brain alive and created Hudson and Press Letterpress Studio. Her husband and her live in Oklahoma with their eight-month-old daughter and two dogs and are actively looking to build their own dream ranch. Welcome to the show, Maisie. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Um, Just looking back on that, I graduated in 2014 and that amount of time that I was in the corporate professional world, I sometimes forget that I was in the corporate professional world for so long. (laughs) So, um, I, I grew up uh, country life. I grew up on a big, big ranch and I was, I was homeschooled. Um, and just to kind of give you a little backstory on why I went into marketing and, and social media was uh, I started out as a violinist at age nine and I adored it, but I was terrible at it. And I knew that I was never going to make a profession out of it. Um, so somehow I morphed that into I want to help others who are good at their own talents. And I came into the marketing world and that's been my favorite kind of um, logo or, you know, if you will, of I, I like to help other people look good. I'm not very good in the spotlight. I like taking others to the spotlight. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's a beautiful place to be though. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love watching other people succeed, especially if I can help them with photography, video, you know, so, social media, a logo, mm-hmm. um, I love that. Awesome. Why don't we just start by having you, you've told us a little bit about yourself um, and I've read a little bit about you in the bio, but why don't we just have you um, start by telling us a little bit about um, your married life and your life as a Catholic bride? Yeah. So I met my now husband. Um, I was a freshman in college, I believe, and he was as well. We went to two different universities. Um, it was actually kind of fun. It was, it's an old school story. I was a waitress at a very small town and he was actually driving in to see, uh, my coworker, which was a good friend of his. And, um, funny enough, he came in and asked for my number. And I said, no, because I don't give my number out to strangers, (laughs) especially as a waitress. (laughs) Um, but, uh, 
I, I finally gave in. So I, I called him and we, we were very good friends for three years. Um, but it was just one of those things since we were in two different towns, two different, you know, just mindsets, it wasn't going to work. So we just remained friends for a while, but it was nice because he turned out to be a very good friend first. Um, I'm a very kind of close person. I have a very close knit circle and I will definitely talk about that later when in regards to our engagement and, and wedding preparing, but um, him and I remain good friends. And I really love that because we got to know each other's family and each other's personalities before we started dating. Um, so we started dating in around 2013, I wanna say. We always try to figure out the exact date and that's always hard, <laughs> but um, he and I, we were long distance, I would say for the majority of our entire relationship and our engagement. So we got used to over communicating on the phone from the very beginning. And I would say that that has led to a great communication, um, communication, you know, asset in our relationship. Uh, we both decided that we were not going to live with one another until we were married. That was just a personal decision uh, that we wanted to keep. And on top of everything, I was Catholic and he was not. He didn't really have a denomination. He grew up Methodist. And um, in the very beginning, I kind of let him know I'm Catholic and that's not leaving. Um, so I think for the first four years, we never really talked about religion. It wasn't a topic that came up organically ever. And if it did, it kind of brought turmoil. Mm -hmm. um, and so a couple of years after that, I started inviting him to church just to see if it would open his heart in any way. Uh, the mass is very personal for me. So um, sometimes I can just be brought to tears, you know, during mass. So that kind of made things worse. And I'm just being completely honest. Um, breeding, uh, bringing a non-Catholic who isn't really interested in Catholicism to mass was not a good mix. That kind of mm. brought more, more turmoil, um, you know, kind of the poking holes, trying to find, you know, problems. And after a while, I, I finally said, um, I can't, I can't answer your questions because I'm going to get lost in my own words. I just can't, I can't answer them correctly. Um, and so I told him, I said, if you have these serious questions and if they are serious to you, go talk to a priest. Um, I can't answer them for you. And so he did. Um, he was actually writing a story for the college that he was at. He's a journalism major at the time. And he was writing a story because they were building a brand new church in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And so he was writing the story and he met with the priest there. And one thing led to another and the priest just invited him to RCIA. And he went to RCIA, the priest showed up and he was like, you're here, you're here. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> glad you came. Um, and of course my husband was, he was going more so to find the holes, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. He was not really interested in learning anything. He was interested in uh, finding, you know, what's wrong with it. And I would say after the third 
time that he went to RCIA, I noticed that there was this interest. Um, he started going to mass. Uh, he started showing up to RCIA early. He started uh, talking with community members at the church. And a couple months in, he decided, he goes, I think I'm going to convert. And this was one of those things that, of course, inside my heart, I was just like, yes, this is it. <laughs> this is happening. Um, but I had, you know, I have to remain my closure because it was one of those personal decisions that I didn't want him to make because of me. I wanted him to make this decision for him. And this is where we really started getting serious in our relationship. I had graduated and was, you know, pursuing uh, jobs and he was just about to graduate. So we were kind of in that, are we going to get married? Are we going to move forward with that? So I kind of asked and prodded, you know, what is making you make this decision? Because I don't want you to make this decision just because of me. I don't feel like that's going to last. And he stated, um, I've seen a lot of families be torn apart by religion. And he said, if we are going to have a family that being under one house was very important, we were going to be united in that front. So that was super exciting. <laughs> I was super, super happy about that. And I would say that was, um, when was that was 2018 uh, and he proposed at the end of 2018. So this would have been like the earlier, earlier of the year that he started the class. So he started the class, we got engaged. Um, we had kind of a short engagement. Um, I, we both were just not interested in having a big party. And so we just wanted to get married. So our wedding was um, very small, um, intimate, short, very short. Um, and we got married in May of 2019. And he received the Eucharist just two weeks before our wedding. Praise so God. <laughs> I, it was so awesome. It was, I could have, I think I cried that whole Easter vigil. It was amazing. Um, and so it was one of those moments that I didn't, I didn't really think about it because you're preparing for a wedding and you're planning and everything. And then when we got to the wedding day, uh, we had a full mass and it was the fact that we, you know, we both sat down and I got to receive the Eucharist with my husband during our wedding. And I just mm -hmm. don't think that I could have been more blessed. That was the greatest feeling ever uh, was that his heart was completely open. You know, he had just become, we, we make a funny term, we call it fresh Catholic. He was a fresh <laughs> Catholic. And, um, you know, for, for your wedding to both be united in that aspect, it was, it was awesome. Mm, that's so beautiful. And like, just how he was able to come into the church right before and that you were able to have that moment together because if he had held off any longer then he wouldn't you wouldn't have yeah. had that moment on your wedding yeah and that's so cool and like totally a god moment <laughs> yeah oh yeah definitely definitely and i have to admit now um our priest we kind of make a funny joke about it but uh during our pre-cana we did take the compatibility test and we always, we always like to, you know, raise a fist to our numbers because uh, it turns out we were, we were very compatible. And a lot of the conversations 
that our priests wanted to discuss with us, like the hard conversations we had already had. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, again, we had the majority of our relationship over phone because we were long distance. So we had to talk about all those things. It was just one that it just came up all the time. So our, we always make a joke that our priests got, um, you know, kind of sad that we didn't have more gossip, you know, or more turmoil <laughs> because we had already talked about, you know, we, we hit finances and we complete a hundred percent. We talked, you know, children and we agreed hundred percent. And, you know, we talked family dynamics, you know, uh, any issues on those. And we both understood, you know, anything that could come up from both sides of the family. So we, um, we always had fun because if anything came up that we hadn't discussed, we kind of got excited we're like "Ooh, this is new we haven't hit this territory yet (laughs) so what were some of those topics that might have come up in marriage prep that you hadn't actually discussed prior well nfp was definitely one of those that um that had come up uh i have never ever been on birth control Mm -hmm. um but growing up um kind of hard to describe it's we were I don't want to say we were weekend Catholics people but we just didn't have a big community like some of these larger parishes do Mm -hmm. so I never knew about NFP I never um I never knew that there were you know coaches I didn't know that there were classes to take or anything so when I learned about that I you know hopped on board our priest uh encouraged all couples that got married at at Stillwater Church to take it Um, So that was something that was interesting because it was new territory for both of us. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I would have to say, uh, you know, family, and this gets, this gets kind of icky sometimes, but, you know, family dynamics and family classes, you know, comes up with both sides of our family, just the differences in how we were raised. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up on a big, you know, 500 acre ranch. I was homeschooled. We traveled the world. Um, it was just a personal preference that we had. Um, now I was a part of a private Catholic school in California that, you know, sent all their curriculum. So I was raised in the Catholic faith, but I was also raised on an airplane and in cars all the time. We just, my family loved to travel. Um, and Jacob's family had, had not, they hadn't really traveled outside the state or anywhere else. So we just had a lot of conversations of what we wanted our family to be like, um, taking a little bit from both sides. So that was always kind of a, you know, a difficult conversation. And then I would have to say, and I know that this will be I know that everyone, everyone deals with this. And I just want to say that you are not alone ever, 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 but there's always family drama. And that of course turned into, or uh, morphed with, with Jacob's side. Um, I know everyone can have mother-in-law problems um, and you're not alone. Mother-in-law problems can exist and great mother-in-laws exist. Um, but when you mesh two families together, um, like I said previously, I'm a very introverted, I have my circle. It's very hard to let people in. And it was very hard for me to allow others into that circle to mm-hmm. either help with the wedding or, you know, make decisions. And so I think I might've ruffled feathers that I probably shouldn't have just because I'm so used to 
preparing myself, uh, preparing by myself. So the, the wedding was great. We had a full mass. My reception was, I swear, I think it was an hour and a half. <laughs> we, we just wanted to have sandwiches and tea and cookies and we left. Um, <laughs> but if it's, you know, we're just not big party people. You know, we didn't want to dance all night. We're not dancers. Uh, we just wanted to, to go. For sure. Um, so how, or what kinds of things did you do with your husband to kind of get through that? Or like, what kind of conversations did you have? Because obviously that's very much emotionally draining and I can imagine super hard um, to be able to, to work forward and make the decisions that you made. Um, so yeah. what were some things that like kind of helped you to kind of discern that? I'm not going to lie. Um, there's a lot of tears. <laughs> just because I feel like that was a good release sometimes to just, you know, kind of feel those emotions and say, this is awful. But again, I'm so, I'm kind of thankful that my husband, I had such a long distance relationship because it did make us over communicate. So when it came to things like this, um, we just over talked, we just talked it through. We talked about the emotions we talked about, well, why does your family do this? Why does my family do like this? Why has it always been that way? Um, I'm kind of a, I like to dive into why people do things. Um, I'm a big Jordan B. Peterson fan. I don't know if you've ever read him, Um, but he has helped me um, kind of set my own mindset right and kind of dive into why people do things. So we did a lot of Uh, what is your family dynamic? Uh, Why did this happen? Can we be completely unbiased about it? Um, Mm -hmm. Because I know we both kind of started off as protective against each other or each other's families, you know, like, well, that's my mom. You can't talk about her. But we, we really started saying, okay, clean slate. Let's talk completely unbiased about this. Why, why would your mom say this? Why would my mom say this? And what has been the history behind that? What are some previous things that have been done? So for sure. I think that's super helpful for other people too, because obviously family drama is something I think a lot of people experience and it can be super isolating, especially if you, because it's your family, you grew up with your family, you know, your family the best. And then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. there's a lot of drama and you don't really know what to do or where to go. Um, so I think that, yeah, it's hard. Um, it's good to know that you're not alone. If you're anybody that's yeah. listening that is experiencing this. And, and we talked about, we talked about it with our priest too, during pre-cana. I just, you know, would kind of tell him, Hey, this is what's going on in my family. It may be a little awkward. It may be, you know, kind of hard. It may be tense, you know, uh, because we decided on some tough things. So my priest just politely, um, it was kind of funny. He just politely said, well, and I'll just let everyone else know I'm in charge. So as we look back on it now and we're just like, you know, it, it was good because our main goal was accomplished. We got married. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably some of the best advice I got from my aunt who helped me tremendously. I could not have done my wedding without my aunt, but she, one thing she always told me was, um, the marriage wins. That's the best advice she has ever given me. And that was before we were married. She goes, 
She goes, the, the compromises, everything, the marriage wins. That's what wins. You're not fighting one another. The marriage is what's most important. And so when, when we got married, it was when I was making decisions, it was what, what's the outcome of this? Well, I just want to get married. That's, that's what I want to do. So it, you know, the reception was fun, but it didn't matter to me because I just want to get married. Mm. You know, the, the floral arrangements were beautiful because we, you know, DIY them and they were fun because we, you know, did them together with my aunt as a kind of family, but it was one of those, does it matter? No, we're just, we're getting married. That's what we wanted to do. Mm. Um, so that, I always loved that mindset because it helped me bring back what we wanted to, what we wanted to do. You know, we didn't get flustered. Um, you know, I see so many other brides, you know, very detail oriented and that's wonderful. I wish that I was detail oriented, <laughs> but I just, I always came back to the marriage wins and I just wanted to be married. So we had, um, uh, we had, chicken salad croissants and scones and it looked like an English tea party because that's my dream and then <laughs> you know we were out of there because we got married that's what we wanted to do that was the goal mm. not party I think that's a good reminder too like obviously if you want to if people want to have a party they should have a party but oh yeah the ultimate definitely. goal is to get married <laughs> yeah and yeah. Um, just keep reminding yourself of that especially if you are experiencing family drama or whatever might be going on to just remember mm -hmm. that like what I want to do and ultimately why I'm here is to get married and not to please other people. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that was something that it was kind of funny, the closer we got to the wedding, you know, the decisions really were being made. And I think there were just a couple of times that I just threw my hands in the air and I was like, I don't care. You pick, we're getting married. I don't mm. care. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, so as we're kind of coming to the close of our time together, one last question that I have for you that I ask to all of my guests is what is your favorite Bible verse and why? My favorite Bible verse, I'm a very big St. Paul. Um, we chose a St. Paul. I wish I could remember it. We chose a St. Paul reading uh, for our, our, uh, wedding mass. And, um, it was kind of one of those things we, we didn't choose the, you know, love is kind, love is patient. Uh, we kind of chose a reading that was a little more fire and brimstone because we just wanted to, you know, stick it in there that we're Catholic for life. And mm -hmm. this is, you know, this is no frou-frou, this is serious stuff. Um, so I love me some St. Paul. Uh, one of my favorite um, scripture readings is uh, in Romans. Um, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a perfect summary of the entire New Testament. <laughs> <laughs> While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. And, you know, in that sentence alone, I just feel like his love for us is great. Mm, that's beautiful. I like that verse a lot. <laughs> Thanks. Well, thank you so much, Maisie, for coming on the show today. If people want to find you online, where can they best do that? Yes, I can be found at Hudson and Press on Instagram. Uh, I make uh, Catholic 
invitations and announcements, cards, stationery. I'm a letterpress printer. Um, I love, love, love uh, pressing designs into paper with an old 19, um, I believe it's a 1926 letterpress machine that I have. Um, so I love to do Catholic weddings, Catholic stationery, or just any wedding stationery in general. Uh, I can be found at Hudson and Press. And my last name is Maisie Hudson. So you can find me also on Instagram and that can lead you there too. Awesome. And I will link all of that in the description of this podcast for our listeners. If anybody wants to connect with Maisie, you can definitely check out the description and the links will be there for you. Well, thank you so much, Maisie. It's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. So excited to hear this. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and I will see you again on the next episode. God bless you. You have been listening to the Catholic Brides podcast. If you enjoyed this content, I invite you to subscribe to the podcast. If you would like to get in touch with me, I invite you to either message me on Instagram or send me an email at catholicbrides at gmail.com. I look forward to having you join me again, and I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful and blessed day.